are we kidding? Hey, welcome to Who Are We Kidding? I'm Carla. And I'm Meg. And this is episode number two of Who Are We Kidding? Today we are going to talk about a topic that is pretty close to our hearts and we're going to talk about how to stay uh, close friends as time goes by and lives change um, and paths diverge and all all that good stuff. Um, this is actually maybe the only thing that we call ourselves experts in, so we thought we'd start here because <laughs> like, from here on out we're really just pretending. <laughs> Yeah, but this one we've got dialed, so. Yeah, totally. Um, What are you drinking today, Carla? I'm drinking a nice Chardonnay. (laughs) (laughs) I feel as though it's an appropriate 4 p.m. drink. That is an appropriate 4 p.m. drink. Yeah, I like that one. What's in your glass today? I'm on the vodka ginger beer tip since, like I said last week, Craig drank all the vodka and I had to pop champagne, which was not a bad thing. Um, but it was a delight. Yeah, I planned ahead. So I'm rolling deep already in the hard liquor at 430. Nice. <laughs> nice. All right. So Meg said, this is like the one thing we can call ourselves experts in. We've been friends, um, f- acquaintances in high school, super close friends in college, and then carried that all the way through moving to totally different cities and having totally different uh shit go down in our lives and we've stayed super close through it all so we thought it might be kind of cool to talk about what things we felt were really helpful and um the first one is the idea of forging a deeper connection so we weren't just friends because we were roommates um but we became super close while we were roommates and then that carried over so that like when things were less convenient we could still be really close um so the idea there is that you should you know it requires being vulnerable and being a really good listener yeah I thought that this one was kind of like a interesting idea to start out on like Carla when you were even you know typing notes into our shared document because it's sort of like a weird or or deeper concept to get across rather than just like a hey here's a tip to stay friends but I thought it was a really important one because you know clearly you have to have something there to build on to begin with yeah and you know the the more I thought about it part of it is just recognizing that you have that so like really realizing like I'm super close with this person and this person um is important enough to me that I want to put in the effort to stay friends with them beyond just like because we happen to be going to college together (laughs) yeah like (laughs) you're elevating the category like (laughs) who do you have in your life that you like elevate the category of friendship beyond just like acquaintances or drinking friends or the friends I go out to dinner with or whatever like who's your who's your main your main squad (laughs) (laughs) main squad yeah I I don't feel like I did it um that consciously uh, but I mean other than of course I was always really grateful for your friendship and wanted to keep it but I I think it's a it's a point something to point out is like if you really connect with somebody try to make it deeper like you know realize that people that you're close with like that don't come along every day you know so it's important to yeah. kind of start there. Yeah, totally. And one like little uh, kind of 
interesting example of that. I felt like with us over the years, um, I don't know if this is the same for a lot of people that become really close friends in college or maybe as adults. But since we grew up, we had the same hometown and our families both still lived there. Like there was a way that we kind of folded into each other's lives, um, even in family lives. Like I've spent some holidays with you and you've dropped by on holidays with my family. And there was this kind of like merging of lives beyond just the two of us that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's so true. That's part of it. That's part of what makes it like a closer um, connection. And I also really like, um, you made some notes here about how it's important to really like understand your friend's ups and downs and recognize that those are different from your own, um, but just as valuable. And um, I feel like that helps make it so that when yeah when you guys aren't like sharing all the same um exact stuff like you're not both getting to watch bachelor together or whatever <laughs> which is still, like, like a total travesty but sometimes that happens <laughs> well yeah i mean it's a it was a sad day when we 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 couldn't watch bachelor together i'm not gonna lie and i was living with a boy that was extra sad yeah you moved but... with a boy way before i did and you had to deal with not having your friend roommate anymore that was weird Ew, it was so rude and good it was, it was good but it was it was awesome and fun but also sad um but th- luckily we got to stay friends so it, it kind of all worked out in the end but yeah I, li- I just like that idea about really like hear your friend be there for them uh let your true self be seen and like value the friendship that's sort of the if you don't start with that the rest of these tips aren't gonna matter yeah totally and that's probably the most like abstract um I don't know, maybe even hippy dippy concept, but <laughs> it's kind of like when you meet the one, you know, when you meet a guy and it's worth like figuring out when even though you get have arguments or whatever. It's it's similar with friends. Like you meet someone where you're like this person gets me and then it's worth sticking it out. Yeah, putting in like the extra bit of effort and and time um which I guess probably segues nicely to the second kind of umbrella topic we came up with right um yeah which I, th- I think you listed Carla which is like a much more simple concept to try to talk about but just the idea of actually making time for each other so that is such an easy thing to do um when you become friends as children or uh you know like young adults in college like you just seem to have all the time in the world at that point and you don't really realize it till later. No, when like, you don't appreciate it enough. That's for sure. Yeah. When life stresses pick up and like life kind of expands and there's more people and more family and more job responsibilities um, that it suddenly becomes something that you need to concentrate on. Like I wouldn't call it an effort because it's not a that kind of feels like a negative thing in my mind, but just making sure that you set aside some time to like, you know, continue to be in touch. So even things like if you have to schedule a phone call sometimes, which we we do lately, like, yeah, go for it because it's at least you're getting that time together. Absolutely. And and also like uh, text messaging has, is actually like an awesome technology for just like staying connected with your friend it's not it doesn't replace like the hour-long conversation but it's really nice to like send really funny little things here and there um just to like stay connected with your friend so you know 
It doesn't always have to be like some big, deep, scheduled thing. It can just be like, oh, my God, look what my kid did today. It's hilarious. Yeah, you sent me a pretty good one of those recently. (laughs) (laughs) I I like to send the antics. Yeah, and then it makes me feel like I'm, you know, more of like a day-to-day part of your life, even just those quick little funny updates, like, especially with, you know, the kids, like, because they change super fast, you know, they're so little still. And so getting like a quick little story of something funny they did or a picture of them makes me feel more present in kind of the day-to-day passing. Yeah, yeah. And then um, also, like, hang out in person as best you can like sometimes you're like when I was living in Seattle and Meg was in San Francisco that was like you know a really special treat when we got to actually spend face-to-face time yeah and we did get that a couple times right like I came up to Seattle a couple times you came down to Northern California a lot to see family and came to the city to see me too but it was much more rare yeah so it's just like um but it's it should still be a priority. Like when I came to Northern California, of course, I needed to see my family, but it was also really important to me to see you. So like just, you know, make the time because it's totally worth it. And you had a great example of this. Meg. Yeah, I was thinking of this, like if you don't have that longer distance between um if you don't have that longer distance between two friends, like a farther mileage to travel, um, like right now you and I live about an hour apart, but, um, I'm often up in that area a little bit more for work. My whole family lives up there. I have a couple friends. Um, so I'm often, you know, up in that area. And even if I know that I have to be up there for something else and I can't like spend a full day with you guys, I'll still, often text or call and just see if I can even stop in for like half an hour. Like every once in a while I'll stop by and we'll have a beer and like hang out with the kids. And those little small, like consistent connections add up over time. It doesn't always have to be, you know, committing to a full day hangout, which I know is pretty impossible once you have little ones too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I I get extra excited when you have time to stay for dinner. Um, yeah totally which you always have food so it's kind of like extra convenient if I'm on my way back to the city and then I get to eat too yay (laughs) food is my love language I live to feed people so that works out (laughs) extra good but yeah it's it's so fun and I always love that because I love that it I also love the idea that you're not feeling pressure like you've got a lot going on and you can just pop in and like I don't have to have cleaned my house and we can just hang out for a minute and you know, I so I think that that making time part of it is just taking the pressure off it being some sort of precious time. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think that that's a weird frame of mind to get in because it you're like forcing experiences with your friends if it's always like a big planned thing or like tons of time together. But but those things just happen as part of life as long as you're spending some time together consistently. Yeah. Well, and I love that you pointed out, too, that. Um, there comes a point when you, you just need to move beyond the fact that everybody's crazy busy. Like, okay, yeah, that so one all... totally that one totally gets to me. And sometimes it might be the same way living outside of a city as inside a city. But there's almost like this badge of honor when you live in a city where everyone just talks about like how rushed they are and how much shit they have to do. And I 
it's exhausting. I just don't. And it's stupid. What like a dumb topic of conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It can. I we have it in a different way here in the burbs. Like it's like sort of a mom competition thing. Like, oh, well, my kid has this sports and the piano and the, the, you know. Oh, that's that's an interesting version of that. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. So it's kind of like who's, you know, being the most super mom. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's overwhelming. Like, oh. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I'm just stressed out that I had to wake up the toddler to pick up the other one. That's about as far as I've gotten. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just stop the glorification of busy and just move beyond that. Assume everyone's super busy and hang out anyway. Yeah, that's it's totally true. And it's probably not a new concept at all. I feel like I've heard a lot of people talk about it in blog posts and on uh, podcasts and stuff. But I think it's just a nice thing to remind yourself of sometimes. Um, And I noticed that when you and I stopped doing that, because I think we both did it, I feel like it's a really natural thing to do as you're kind of like moving, you know, farther into careers and children and stuff. But when you and I just naturally stopped doing it, we didn't talk about it, just kind of stopped happening. And it sort of opened up our time we were together and our phone conversations for like way more interesting stuff, like way more deeper conversations, um, way more kind of like internal things. Like it's really nice in maintaining, building and maintaining a friendship um, Mm -hmm. to talk about more than just your to-do list. Like that doesn't mean anything. Totally. Oh, you're so right. And then the the other note that you wrote that I love is um, make time. You, if you're close friends with somebody, you know... The call where it's like, hey, just want to catch up. And the call me now shit is hitting the fan. (laughs) And good friends make time for that call. Like, come hell or high water. Yeah. And um, it's just an important thing to remember. And also, um, Meg, your note about be honest with your friends. You know, fully text and be like, I need to talk to you now. Or what, you know, leave a voicemail. Totally. When I was thinking through, like, that kind of first idea jumped into my head of, like, make sure you know the difference, you know, like you said, of of when you're just given a ring to say hi and when you actually really need to talk. Um, But it did occur to me that on the flip side of that, this is much easier to do as you get older and you know your own mind and your friendships really solidify. But, like, no one is a mind reader. So you have to be really honest, like, when you do need somebody and... And request that they come through for you because every once in a while people get wrapped up in their own shit, right? And they just don't know. Yeah. Oh, totally. And you you have to give them a chance to to do you a solid. So you gotta like uh, make it pretty clear what you need. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. And again, I do think that that gets easier the longer you've been friends. Like, not only do you know each other more and and deeper, but you also you're able to ask for things a lot easier too. Yeah. And it also helps like if you if you are able to stay in touch because you kind of know like if there's something coming up that might be stress, you know, you can kind of like have your pulse on it a little bit already. Like, oh, that's a good point. Yeah, that's totally, you true. know, so then you're kind of like uh, prepared when that that sort of call comes in. That's kind of funny because it's made me think that like you and Megan and a couple other really good friends of mine have uh, recently when we've talked, I've been noticing people are like, 
how you doing? Like, I know you started shooting weddings. Like, the season's gearing up. Like, how's it feeling? <laughs> totally. How's how's the survival rate happening? Yeah, it's kind of so. funny. Like, you guys know the ebb and flow of my work, and then people are starting to be, like, kind of super sweet about it and check in. That's really funny. Yeah, well, it's... Jeez, you're working epic amounts of hours so we're thinking about you at least on the weekend i'm like that i'm like the opposite of that song everybody's working for the weekend oh my god (laughs) meg's working on the weekend on the weekend yeah (laughs) so one other point that i think is relevant uh to mention is social media so um social media is sort of a blessing and a curse and i I'm not one of those people that just like hates it, but um, I do think it's important to mention it when it comes to maintaining close friendships. Um, Mainly, my point is that I don't think that it's the best way to stay connected with your really close friends. So just be sure that those core people, you know, aren't finding out about the fact that you got engaged on Facebook. You know what I mean? It's just not cool. Yeah, if you that's can help kind it. of a bummer. <laughs> it's kind of a bummer. On the other side, if like somebody's mom posts that they got engaged before they had a chance to tell their friends, you can't get all like butthurt about it. You got to just sort of like realize that social media is what it is and it's sort of designed to hurt feelings and try not to (laughs) designed to hurt feelings it's true it's like a it's like a way to feel left out of information or (laughs) yeah or yeah or just left out in general or or maybe just um like sometimes we present ourselves differently on social media so it's like you got to kind of know that your friend is your friend beyond social media don't don't like let that screw up your friendship. Yeah. I thought it was interesting that you wrote that one when we were kind of brainstorming ideas about this because um I like since we <laughs> to date ourselves like we became friends like way <laughs> long before any of that. Like I, we were friends yeah. long before anyone text messaged anything. Actually, oh like, yeah, there was no MySpace or Friendster. Yeah. I rarely remember being on a computer in college except for to like write a paper. It was weird. Anyway, I I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like maybe that portion of things came a little more naturally to our friendship, but I've totally had it with friends that I've made, you know, as an adult. Like one of my most hated things is the feature on Facebook where you can click that you're going to an event and then Facebook tells everyone when you're at that event. Yeah, it's not, it's not, nobody, nobody needs to know that. Yeah, nobody needs to know that. Like, somebody's going to feel weird about it. I, I just, I don't like any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we all have the fre- the over-marketer friend. Yes, this was the first thing that popped into my mind when you wrote, like, the social media umbrella of friendship. Being that, like, I know, I know a lot of photographers and, you know, bloggers like Carla and people that run their own businesses, I think it's so important to differentiate a little bit your business and your personal life. Um, I don't even keep things as separate as most people do, but I really do make an effort to not like market to my friends because <laughs> I feel yeah. like it's so weird. I've had, it is you know, weird. yeah, I've had um, 
photographer friends in the past that will tag other people in their photos or you're automatically on their email blasts and they're super talented. I love seeing their work, but I don't always want to be, you know, targeted as a client. Like I want to be involved as a, as a supportive friend in someone's work endeavor. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you know who you are. Maybe, maybe they don't know who they are. <laughs> you're, you know who you are or maybe not. Maybe, maybe that's the not. problem. But if you're good friends with this person, you want to stay friends with them, maybe let them in on the secret that they're that guy. So I think that covers um, most of the points we wanted to hit in, under the social media umbrella and how to uh, properly use it in your friendships. Um And the idea of not letting people's online personas hurt your feelings, that particular point kind of segues nicely into uh, a new segment that I'm pretty excited about because I find it hilarious. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Here we go. So um, a couple weeks ago, I was actually out uh, to dinner with Craig and talking to him about what Carla and I were doing with this podcast. And he said, Just totally out of the blue, he said, hey, I think you should have a segment where you talk about other people and things you're jealous of, (laughs) which instantly made me laugh really hard and right into my head popped a phrase that my sister uses all the time, which is jelly on my biscuit. So she will tag me (laughs) in Instagram posts. She will send me pictures, anything (laughs) that she covets or lives she wishes she had, and um, they are all jelly on my biscuit. So thank you, (laughs) Perry. Yeah, thank you, Perry, for that name. Um, So yeah, here's our segment, Jelly on My Biscuit. It's an opportunity to bitch about ways our lives are falling short of what we actually want. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to go first, Carla? Okay, sure. Um, This is like, I feel like I'll get better at this segment as we go along. It's really hard to choose my first one. Because oh, yeah, me too. There were like a lot of options of things that I coveted and yeah. ways I was pissed. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so jealous of so many things. But I'm going to go OG. Okay. Um, I have since always um, been so jelly on my biscuit of Soul Mama. Oh. So Soul Mama... You can't not love her. So there's no way that you can just be like, oh, this bitch. Is it like to nice. know her is to love her? And I don't yes. yet know her because I'm not a mom yet. But now I'll go look her up and then I'm going to love her. I think you will. Like you want to be like, oh, good. Gr-. You want to roll your eyes and then you can't because she's just like so nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can't. And the reason that I have jelly on my biscuit is because she's a homesteader. And Which she is has, super cool. Oh, I'm just, I mean, I'm so jealous of all the homesteaders. But she's, <laughs> she's like really got it dialed. She has all the animals I want. And um, she also has a million kids. Can I ask Not, you one question about yes. the homesteading? Yes. Uh, does she homestead in cute clothes? No, like she's more down to earth. <laughs> okay. She did No, like... <laughs> She's not, she's homesteading in, in handmade clothes. Oh, that's fancy. That are also cute in nice fabric. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it stings a little. I mean, there's, there's no two ways about it. Yeah. And she has, she has, she doesn't have a million kids. She has five kids. And I always thought like I was done it too. And now I'm like jealous of the people with a brood. I want a million oh my- kids and a farm and I'm just so jealous. 
Oh my God. I'm just going to set one rule for you. I want you to keep having tons of kids because you make (laughs) really cute little people for me to love. Okay. Okay. But I I am going to set one rule for you that like at any given time, you can't have more children than you have chickens. Okay. Is that a fair rule? Is that fair? Can we agree? That's a, I I can totally agree with that. (laughs) I mean, shit, if you get like 12 chickens, you can do whatever you want. (laughs) Okay. See, there we go. I need the homestead. Then I can just get nuts. (laughs) Oh God, no, I don't really, I can't go through childbirth. Well, the childbirth is okay. The pregnancy, I can't do that too many more times. Oh no. Yeah. That seems harsh. No, but I, I, she's a great example because she's actually just a really cool person and she's like an OG blogger and um, I love her, but I'm, I can't help but being jealous. Oh, that's super cool. So we should put her in the show notes. I, I'm probably way late to the party. I bet everyone already knows about her, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure the whole world knows, but we'll put them in there just in case for me because I want to look her for up you. now. So is it okay. usually her blog you look at? I'm sure she has Instagram and all that stuff too. Yeah, yeah, she has all that jazz, but I it's mostly her blog. Okay. And I just like it because it's very um sincere. Okay. I bet I could rare. use a strong dose of uh the homesteading life even if it's on a blog. <laughs> <laughs> Which I it, because it totally makes you want to abandon everything and just like knit your own clothes and have bees and Yeah, especially if you live in San Francisco and all of the houses only have to have one inch between each other in case there's a fire so they can pour water between the buildings. Like that's the kind of cramped life I feel like I'm living sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. And actually definitely more more spacious. Yeah. I can't believe how well this went because, you know, Carla and I like we we brainstorm ideas and stuff we're going to talk about on the podcast, but we do not tell each other our jelly on my biscuit ahead of time. Nope. And ours match up like this is a dream come true. (laughs) Nice. So in a very, very, very different life from the homesteader, (laughs) I currently have jelly on my biscuit about the people who rent the garage next to mine. Okay. Because Because first, like, okay, just let me paint a quick picture. Okay. You're coming back. From like, say, a 10-hour wedding day, your trunk is full of gear. It has to be in the trunk because if it's in the backseat of the car, you won't be able to get it out once you park. Mm -hmm. So you have to pull up to the garage. You have to turn off the car so you can use the key to open the door, which there's no opener. This is like a building built in 1920s, you know? Yeah. So you open the door. It's really like difficult. It hurts your back. Then you have to pull in both (laughs) side mirrors of the car. This is a fucking Honda Civic, mind you. Okay. It's not not like a Land Rover or something. Um, Pull in both side mirrors and then ever so gingerly gun it up a nearly (laughs) 90 degree angle. Oh my God. I don't know how you do it. (laughs) I'm so good at it now, but I'm only good at it because like, the passenger side of our car is like scraped to shit. Okay. Well, it's a learning curve. Yeah, totally. So (laughs) you got to kind of like pull it all the way to the left so that you're able to open the driver's side door just enough to like squeeze your ass and tummy in between (laughs) the side of the car and the driver's side door to get yourself out of the car. That's a kind thing to have to deal with. Yeah, totally. And so I I should back up here for just a minute because like I 
I really am super grateful to even have a garage. The neighborhood that I live in is absolutely impossible to park. That is true. Yeah, you know this, Carly. You tried to do it like two weeks ago. It was brutal. Oh my God, I was sweating. Yeah, (laughs) totally make you sweat. So I feel very lucky. You know, it's a pretty good price for what it is. We've had it for a long time. But it is the smallest, shittiest, leakiest, dustiest garage ever. And every day I go out there, I have to look at the garage right next door that someone has somehow managed to like redo and they have like a button they press and it opens what I know it's not a two car it's not a two car garage at all but you could fit like a car and like a motorcycle in there what is happening it's because like not there's no I'm gonna say some stupid word now like like zoning like I you know that doesn't mean anything probably if you know about buildings but but none of the garages are the same size it's like we have this tiny one for like a tiny mini car and the people next to us have like a much bigger just like a normal size garage if you live in the suburbs and you have like a three-car garage you just have no idea what I'm talking about you're probably laughing at me but man it sucks at the end of a long day yeah oh my god yeah so that was a really long rant but you know jelly on my biscuit fucking garages I like it it's it's a (laughs) whole I mean I can't I don't park in my garage because it's where I sew um (laughs) But so I awesome. don't. I, I also totally have other places to park, no problem. Like in my driveway or on the street, there's really never an issue. So um, I feel you on this. And I had no idea that the next one over is like living the lap of luxury. And here you are. Maybe we'll just have to move away, move to Maine and have a homestead. Maybe we'll have to be, what's her name? The homesteader? Uh, Soul Mama. Soul Mama. Yeah. Yeah, that's She's her actual the only last name too. It's it's just not fair. The what? That's no one's last name, really. Yeah, her last name is Soul. Uh, I'm it's, I'm joining your jelly on my biscuit, dude. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> but this sort of leads back to our discussion about yeah, uh, back friendship. to the topic at hand, huh? Yes. So instead of being jealous of your friends. The idea here is to not compete. You guys are, you you shouldn't feel competitive with your close friend. That's not the point. Yeah, you should you should um, reserve your jelly on your biscuit for people that are not in your closest circle of friends because it doesn't do anyone any good. Yeah, absolutely, and um, you know, just like one example of this is just to like truly be happy for your friend when things go right for them like join in their happiness that's funner for everyone don't think about what that has to do with your personal goals and just be stoked that they've got their stuff going on yeah that's true and that's probably like a kind of more concrete example of that sort of more ephemeral idea we tried to talk about at the beginning of just like really trying to see the people in your life as like you know full rounded complex people that aren't you know just an extension of yourself in your own life like the way kids think of people it's it's basically just being more of a grown-up yeah and and don't compare like um understand that you guys are different and that it's that's what makes it cool. Like, who wants to be friends with their carbon copy? Like, 
I don't even like myself that much. I like you way better than me. Exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> it goes both ways, That'd dude. Be rough, right? If I had to it's hang not, out with myself, oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah. And also just um, with the comp, without, you know, if you're not competing, then you're also not judging the other person. And I think that's really something important to stand out <clears throat> or to point out. Is that we are there for each other 100% without any judgment. Because I feel like I can call Meg and be like, my kid is such a jerk and like just explode on some stuff without any <laughs> without any qualifiers. I don't have to like explain to her, of course I love my children and this is just a hard day. Like she's not going to be like, oh God, why did she have those things if she doesn't even want to ha- you know, like them? Like she exactly. She's going to hear me out. She's going to know, duh, I love my family. But sometimes you just, you know, need to vent. Yeah. And that's Uh, one of the beautiful things about having a close friendship is not having to give those qualifiers and explain yourself because you have to do that with the outside world all day long. And yeah, it's really, really nice to not have to do that with each other. And, And if you have a friend in your life that, you know, fulfills that, like Carla said, you should recognize it and really put in the the time with them and, and develop that closeness. I, and I, I like um, just the idea of like, you know, being there for each other ups and downs. I think that's kind of part of what's important about not competing. So you're like, you're just as stoked as the person when they land a big job or have a baby or whatever's going on that's exciting and then you're totally there for them when things didn't work out as planned you know like it's that really nice like thing that happens if you're not worried yeah like if you're not worried about yourself basically (laughs) yeah totally And, and I think like one nice thing to keep in mind um when you're kind of interacting with your closest friends like that is why not take that approach? Because if something great happens for someone you love, that really just like expands the joy that you get to feel on a day-to-day basis and like the yeah. excitement about life that you get to feel. Cause it is so not always exciting <laughs> yeah. and you got to take it where you can get it, you know? Like- oh my God. And, and even sometimes for us, um, there's sort of this fun, like living vicariously thing that we get to do like absolutely that's really awesome like I I, it, I guess it wouldn't be awesome if I was just so jelly on my biscuit that you didn't have to wipe asses today or whatever that I couldn't <laughs> <laughs> but since I don't feel that way at all it's like really cool yeah that's actually a really nice idea totally like like as one way to like stay close as your lives kind of take different paths is to to kind of like use what the other person has in their life as like a a fun thing to experience in a way, not use it in a bad way, but like, you know, like you have these two darling boys and since I don't have kids in my life yet, I haven't been ready for it yet. I get to, you know, see what it's like to some degree and experience like some of that love and be around them. And it's, it's such a positive thing. Yeah. So it's just sort of like a join in it's, you know, and the more that you do it, the better it is. Like it just feeds on itself. So, and along with that, like I think one way that um, you can kind of bolster that sort of relationship is to 
to find things in your life. They don't have to be similar things, but to, to find things in your friendship that you can collaborate on. And that doesn't have to be like in a, uh, a like a work sense of the word collaboration. Right. It can be, right. it can be a friendship. You can, like we've said before, you can share deeper things about yourself. You can, you know, find people that you have so much fun with that you laugh till you like piss your pants. <laughs> yes. But if you yeah. do have like fun and, and complementary skills and talents, you can use them to sort of lift each other up. Um, like one awesome thing that has been so fun for me is Carla has this rad blog and she'll often feature photos um, that like of, you know, her family or projects or whatever. She'll feature some of my photos on there. And since she has such an awesome following, it's always a great boost for me. And then, you know, on her end of things, she has, you know, professional level photos of her family and work so it kind of it goes both ways and it totally I mean I fully win that that exchange isn't really fair but not at all (laughs) but it's totally it's true and it's awesome it's fun because I can be like hey you know let's do pictures of the baby and I want to talk about how it's hard to take pictures of babies or whatever you know and we or just like yeah that was a fun one it is hard to take pictures of babies sometimes they're like tiny little krill (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're so krill and they look like weird little old men sometimes. Not mine. Mine are perfect as soon as they come out. <laughs> but um, no, it's hard. You know, they're sleeping. They're not like up because they're infants. It's hard. Um, but yeah, I, I love all those ways that we um, try to find connections, even though we have different uh, stuff going on. There is ways to collaborate. And sometimes yeah. that's just on collaborating on a night out where we uh, <laughs> have way too much fun and aren't quite sure how we got home. Yeah, a happy hour that turns into like a 2 a.m. or something like that. You know, collaborate yeah. on that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good thing to collaborate on sometimes. <laughs> but along with that, like you you have to, this is especially, I think, a good idea if you have really uh, long-term friendships, um, especially friendships that you've had, you know, since you were children. We were basically children when we met. Um, oh my God, yeah, that is weird. Yeah, pretty much. You have to like continue to make new memories together. Um, that goes back to finding time to spend with each other. Yes. Um, even if it's in small ways. It's great if you can do like a vacation together, um, even once people have families, or if you can, you know, have a full day like adventure and hang out, you know, all day long. But you, you have to make the time and continue making new memories because as great as it is to have a history together, that history in and of itself doesn't hold a friendship together. It, it no. has to continue on. You have to do things to fuel it. Totally. And and also, like, um, this kind of goes back to the glorification of busy, but it, it fits in nicely with the collaboration, is that don't assume the other person is too busy to collaborate. Ask them. Just th- throw it out there. Because even if they are too busy they're gonna love that you thought of them and like even with this podcast we're both kind of too busy to be doing a podcast but I just thought hey this would <laughs> yeah be a... get ready for a couple missed episodes here and there people <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna happen it's okay it's okay but you know I was just like screw it I want to do it let's see if she wants to do it and it you know if I hadn't have asked this absolutely and and yeah, Carla and I have a couple friends that we went to college with that um, also live in San Francisco, and I would never 
make the, you know, assumption that you can't make it out. And like when that group of people gets together and let that, you know, lead me to not invite you, like you, you make an effort with your friends, you, you include them, you always make them feel welcome. And, you know, you do your best to not get butthurt when life gets in the way and they can't make it because that does happen from time to time. Yeah, totally. And I think as long as you have like the open communication of like, hey, I I know you're busy, but I really would love for you to know about this or this is really important. I need you to come. I don't care how busy you are. That's OK, too. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I can't even I can't even list all of the lame and not so lame uh photography shows I've been a part of that Carla and Jason have <laughs> oh my god I, down to I the city to join I don't miss anything you are I always can't. there it's great I it's in my DNA my parents are like the kind of parents that like come to every horrible like choral recital and <laughs> oh my god they do your parents have come to some of my stuff it's the best oh yeah oh they love co- <laughs> they come to stuff they love coming to stuff they're joiners. So invite, invite your friends to share you don't know they could maybe they really are sad they didn't get invited yeah, so. absolutely. Make sure everybody feels welcome. It's yeah. kind of the more the merrier when it comes to people in your life that you're close to. Totally. Totally. So that pretty much sums up the main points we wanted to cover on how to stay close friends. So I think maybe- so. Hopefully there was enough evidence and some anecdotes and some sense of organization to the things we were talking about. I think it made yeah. some sense. I. I'm hoping so. But um, if not, I'm sorry. We're still friends, so something's working. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Email um, us. Email us if you had questions. We'll answer yeah, them. I don't know. <laughs> we'll, we'll do our best to answer. We'll get, we'll get you figured out. Okay, so before we go, we wanted to hit up one more segment. And um, we were talking about how, like, having a a kid or running your own creative business is kind of the best worst thing you've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> like it's totally the best, but also sometimes it's pretty much the worst. It's like you love it so much and you still can't believe you're stuck with it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Exactly. Um, so we decided to talk about, uh, use that name, the best worst thing, as a way to talk about the best and worst things going on in our lives or sort of like recommendations we can make, um, that kind of thing. I don't know. You'll get, you'll get the hang of it. Here's the best worst thing. Meg's going to tell us her best and worst. Totally. Mine mine kind of uh, combines in that way. I have a feeling that sometimes these will be, here's the best thing and here's the worst thing, but sometimes they'll go together. Yeah. <laughs> I think mine does this week. So I th- I'm i going to start with the bad news. <laughs> okay. The worst, the worst thing, the worst thing in my life yeah. is taxes as a small business owner. Oh. It is. I mean, I know everyone hates taxes. I'm not trying to pretend like I, you know, above the fray here in it, but like there is a special kind of pain where you have to, where like a a corporation or a business isn't taking your taxes out for you and you're responsible for keeping track of all of it and filing it correctly or finding someone to pay a bunch of money to for them to file Mm -hmm. it correctly. It's just, and then still pay more money and then just still pay more money. Oh yeah. Oh my God. You never get money back, (laughs) which should be a good thing because you're doing okay, but no, you never get money back. Um, 
So that's been the worst thing as, you know, we're coming up on tax prep time and all that. I've been trying to deal with it. And uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was really in the thick of it. And <laughs> Craig came into our home office room and found me like, I just looked like talk about a, a mess, not even a hot mess, just like a sad, sad mess, like surrounded <laughs> by invoices and papers. And there were like red <sighs> warning lights blinking on the QuickBooks, like everything was totally fucked. Pardon my friend. It was bad. But what came out of that (laughs) was the best thing, the most beautiful thing, was that Craig saw how much I was struggling and how unhappy I was in my mess of an office. And um, this man has like some supreme skills for organization. I don't know where he learned it, but he's so good at it. Mm -hmm. And he started looking around and he said, you know, I know like, I think that was a Friday. And he said, hey, I know tomorrow's a Saturday and it's like a rare Saturday that you don't have a wedding, but let's spend some time in here. And so the next day we spent like nine and a half hours in my home office and he like tore everything apart, put like items together, which I'm for some reason incapable of doing. (laughs) (laughs) And then like completely redid the whole space. And now it's so much nicer to work in. And it was so funny because you started with such like a shitty little project of taxes as compared to the overall thing. Um, yeah. But somehow those got solved in the process too. And now I have like Craig calls the top drawer of this metal cabinet, my pretty lady drawer, because it's got all my stuff oh, for contracts. I and witnessed you the notes. pretty lady drawer. It is yes, a delight. Yes, you got to see it. It's totally a pretty lady drawer. He yes. did not make it look that way. He just said, these are the beautiful things. You need to put them in there and make them look nice. <laughs> So yeah, it was so cool. Worst thing turned into the best thing. And it made me so grateful to have him and his support and his help. It was really awesome. Yay, that's awesome. <laughs> okay, well, this um, this week, I actually have a best worst that all fits together, too. So maybe we'll be able to keep that train running. Oh, cool. Yeah, so um, I'm going to start with my best. So best thing is taking the time to go um to craftcation which is i'm so excited about that it's basically like my dream um job vacation you know conference where i just get to go and learn a bunch of rad new crafts with a bunch of crafty ladies and also um learn more about my crafty blog business and have um, drinks and dancing and meet up with some friends that I haven't met in real life. And I'm just like beyond excited about it. Um, How cute. So you have like, you have like social media friends that now are going to be real friends, like real yes. life friends. I mean, not that they weren't yes. real friends before, but like yes. in life. Yes, but I will. Ha- I will actually get to like hug them and you know, look. That at must them in be the so eye, exciting. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really. It's just like all the wonderful things. Um, so that is the best that's leading me to the worst, which is Uh-oh. mom guilt. <laughs> oh, oh no, I have some kind of serious mom guilt because I'm going to be gone longer than I ever have from my kids. And um, they're in wonderful hands. Like, of course, my husband is completely on it. And then when he's at work, they're going to be with my mom. And my mom 
is fabulous and has them all the time. It's not like they're going to be in some weird different situation or like I know they're totally covered but I still feel like really like am I so important that I need to be gone for this amount of time like away from them I don't know it's hard and and then on top of it it's my two-year-old's birthday and thankfully he can't count yet so I mean he's not really gonna know but it's just like (sighs) I'm I'm so excited to go, and I'm trying really hard not to let the mom guilt get me down. But those are the best worst things for me this that, week. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I could, I could see that. But you are right. Your your little dude is not going to know. Let's get him a cake to smash next weekend when you're back. And okay. he won't know the difference. <laughs> yeah, it, he won't. He won't. That about wraps it up. That would be episode two of Who Are We Kidding? We would love for you to visit us at whoarewekidding.com. You can get all the show notes there and um, subscribe to our newsletter, which is going to be Maybe you fun. can even see, uh, maybe I'll throw a picture of my tiny garage up there in the show notes and you can. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's <laughs> definitely you can happening. wonder how we live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Thank you so much for listening. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe in iTunes, rate and review us while you're there, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening. Yay, thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. It's so hot in my closet. My face is on fire. Uh-oh.